You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. It's movie time again. It is March, but for most of us, it's summertime. That's right. The summer movie season has started. We've got one of the greatest female characters ever to grace the big screen and the comic book world also. We have the world premiere, ready for this, of Captain Marvel. It is awesome. We are so looking forward to seeing the story of Carol Danvers up on the big screen. And who else but someone Mr. Big himself, so big he could be up on the big screen. His personality alone. So you will see Tiki Zombie versus Captain Marvel. It'll be awesome. Who am I speaking about, of course? Mr. Mike Gordon, of course. Howdy! How's that for an intro? That's an intro, man. That's, uh, yeah, sure. I'll take that. I can't back it up, though. You could dream about it when you're, you know, still recovering from what we did this last weekend. Oh, yeah. We're getting all of that in a minute. But, yes, that's, uh, I'm still, I'm sore. Oh, just being on that concrete floor for two and a half days is just like, <laughs> oh, it, it is tough, and, you know, we'll talk all about that in a second. But, you know, we want to thank everyone for being here this evening. We always enjoy it, and we do appreciate you. We also, you know, want to thank everybody who listens and, you know, subscribes to the show or tells their friends about the show. And if you're a brand-new listener who we met this last weekend up in South Carolina, welcome to Earth Station One. We appreciate you. And hope you enjoy the ride, as we like to say. We want to hear from everybody at home. Please write us at EarthStation1 at ESONetwork.com, or you can call it 404-963-9057. Of course, you know, big shout out right now to our patrons. Thank you, everybody. You know, yes, you can become a patron, too. For as little as 25 cents a week, you can get original content or early content, as we like to say, because, you know, we record panels at cons. We do special episodes of different podcasts from the network, all going out to our patrons at different levels. But you could start to help supporting financially the ESO network for as little as a quarter a week. That's nothing, folks. We really would appreciate it if you took the time to do it and, you know, you get great content and, you know, you get Earth Station One, Earth Station Who, and the Dragon Con Report 48 hours before the rest of the world does. So that's a plus-plus win-win all the way around. And that's going out to any of the levels on our Patreon. So pretty cool stuff to do. So we just wanted to thank everybody out there. But, you know, we haven't forgotten everybody else out there. You know, shame on you if you're not helping to support, you know, but we love giving you free material too so we got great you know shows mike and i were before the show tonight we're even going through the next schedule of what we have going on and we got some great stuff to talk about with you guys over the next six months you know basically here in georgia summer started you know this last weekend and so it was perfectly fitting that we get to talk about captain marvel and you know the first big movie of the summer ha 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 
So don't look at that snow on the ground wherever you live. It is summertime in my mind, in your mind, everywhere. It could be. You never know. All right, let's jump in with this week's rants and raves. And we got a huge, huge rave to talk about the South Carolina Comic Con. Before we go any further, though, I want to give a huge shout out to Michelle and to Robert for, and their staff for putting on such an amazing show. This is, I think this is my fifth year of going to South Carolina Comic Con and it just gets bigger and better each year. You actually, Mikey, you weren't able to go last year. No, unfortunately I uh, was laid up in the hospital last year and uh, yes, I, I had a, and you know what? It sucked and it was not, uh, you know, life threatening, but it sucked and it sucked because I, I couldn't be at the convention. But what really, um, even even this week, there was a lot of people that were asking about me and 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 saying like, you know, and uh, you know, they missed that I was there, not there last year, and and uh, were concerned, and I, that that means a lot to me, and uh, I really appreciate it. So um, so, but I was I really appreciated the fact that I could be there uh, this week because uh, um, I, I love this show. I've had to miss it twice for for not good reasons at all. And uh, I mean, they were good reasons, but they weren't fun reasons. And uh, I like doing this show, Robert, Michelle, the crew put on a great, and it's beginning. It's, 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 it's amazing to me. It's like when you, when you go every year, it's like one thing to see all the people, but when you skip a year, like I did, you're like, wow, I can't believe there were this many people as, you know, here at this one. It's like, yeah, it keeps growing and you really see the difference. Oh, very much so. Even, you know, even though you weren't there last year, even this year, you could see a huge, huge increase in people and foot traffic and just the amount of people bringing kids and families. And it was, it's just, it's just an awesome show. And, you know, as I was talking to fellow podcaster from the Nerd Bliss podcast, Dan Clink, he was at the show with us. He basically was saying for the, what they call, I think, the upstate part of South Carolina, it's a huge, huge event. And Robert does a great job at promoting, you know, going on TV, going on radio and, you know, stations all throughout upper South Carolina. And, you know, it was just great to see the crew and the crowds there. It was just awesome. Great show. And, uh, you know, it's fun because Mike and I both have tables. Mike has manning the, uh, Earth Station One ESO network table and I'm manning the, uh, Tiki Zombie New Legend table. Uh, I'm, uh, I, you know, I came up with uh, artist Peter Cutler and we had a great time. Uh, and, uh, for the first time, I think it was for the first time, right? Michael Faulkner, um, was able to, uh, be here, um, uh, when, when, and help man the, uh, Earth Station network table. And it's great, you know, manning the table, meeting all the fans, trying to, you know, meet up with, uh, try to get new fans or, uh, you know, get new people interested in, in what we do. But uh, we also lately in the last few years have been uh, really privileged to be um, participating and help out with moderating panels. And this year, whoo, talk about some a dream lineup for us. It was just amazing. We got to do our podcasting panel where we give advice and just chat with other podcasters or people interested in podcasting and helping them out. And that'll be available probably the next few weeks to our patrons. So you'll be able to hear it there and, you know, 
maybe you could start a podcast and become a member of the ESO network. You never know. But we were truly privileged to be able to talk to wrestling legend Mick Foley and also get to talk to another legend. But this time in the comic industry, we got to talk to Kevin Eastman. And it was just amazing to, you know, be talked to almost full rooms and for Mick Foley was standing room only. And we just had a blast. And, you know, Mick was just so welcoming and loved hearing his stories or the questions the audience was asking. And, you know, it was just a blast. Absolutely. I mean, these are guys that uh, I've never, well, I shouldn't say I've, I've actually met both of them before. Uh, I've met uh, Mick Foley twice before, uh, but just in the whole like signing, getting something, a book or an autograph sign, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, we didn't really have a chance to talk not in any, in not in any depth. And then uh, and same thing with Kevin Eastman. I, I got, I, I met him and, and had him sign an issue of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all that. But um, again, didn't really get to get to sit down and, and chat with them. So this was a, a great way to spend some time with, uh, as you mentioned, two legends of their, not only their field, but both of them have had influences beyond their thing, right? Mick Foley is not just a wrestling superstar. He's, he's not just a wrestling hall of famer. He's a New York times bestselling author. He's, he's a reality show star. He's, you know, he's a stand-up comedian. He does one-man shows that sell out all over the world. Uh, he's a great storyteller. Uh, with all that's that, that's one thing that all those things have in common is that he really knows how to tell a story. And boy, that I, you know, that's it's a shame that uh, that we couldn't record and 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 release the Mick Foley panel to everybody who was not there because. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. Mick told some great stories, but because he wants to be truthful and, and not, uh, have to worry about, you know, this stuff getting out and out of context and, and, you know, the way that the internet and media work these days, he was very, uh, he was very upfront and said that, look, I want to be truthful with you guys, but in order to do so, no recording, no recording, no recording, no cameras, no, like none of that. And uh, throughout the panel, he was pretty insistent whenever he would get to a sensitive topic, he would look around and if he saw a camera, he'd be like, no, no, you know. Uh, um, and if Mick Foley tells you to put something away, you put it away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, exactly. no and, question you know, that he's no, a tough guy. No kayfabe here, folks. No kayfabe at all. No. And uh, so he... Uh, uh, so yeah, it, I, that's why I feel even more privileged to have been there. Uh, unfortunately, you know, with my memory, it's going to be, uh, I'll probably forget most of it, uh, probably by the time this airs. Um, but, uh, you know, the stories that uh, he did tell, there was a lot of, a lot of great moments. And like I said, he's a great storyteller, just watching him work, uh, and telling stories and, and the way, the manner that he does and interacting with the crowd too, whether it's a longtime fan or someone who's brand new to wrestling, uh, whether it's an old timer or someone like a little kid, I mean, he is he 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 works with everybody. He's great. Exactly, he worked with everybody. And I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit. There was one little boy who had a special interaction with Mick, and Mick handled it perfectly. And you know, hopefully, you know, 
this little kid will remember that for the rest of his life. I yeah, and I can't see how he wouldn't. I mean, that it was pretty pretty amazing. It was it was great, and Mick, you know, Mick was like touched by what with this kid, and you know, we hopefully helped with it a little bit too. So, you know, hopefully, you know, this will be an event, you know, that'll shape him and you know one do good things and everything for this kid because mick was wonderful about it yeah so So, i'm sorry go ahead no no go ahead no i was just about to say so the 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 panel with mick foley was a great experience i wouldn't trade it for anything i mean it would it even if we didn't do anything else that weekend it was reason enough to go and hang out with mick foley for an hour um and i definitely i strongly encourage people you know even if you're interested in wrestling it's a given if he does, if his one man show comes near you, or if you have the network, listen, like watch some of the documentaries with him. Uh, there's a movie that he did a one man show thing that he did where they, where he talks just about the hell in the cell experience. And if you don't know what that is, you will have your mind blown. If you do know what that is, you need to watch this just because this will be a side of the story that you'll never forget. It's, it's really like he's a powerful storyteller. So I encourage people to like go like and see his other venues, read his books. He's got fiction and nonfiction books that he's released. Uh, my mom actually gave me a copy of uh, one of his fiction books for Christmas. Uh, so that's on my to read list. Uh, Tedum Brown, I think it's called. Um, I've read two of his uh, autobiographies um, uh, and uh, those were compelling. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're into wrestling, go see him and bring someone who's not into wrestling. And I bet that they will have an amazing time. Oh, very much so. And, you know, the rest of the convention was just amazing to see a room full of vendors and, you know, craft people and writers and artists and, you know, friends of the show. It's just, it's just amazing. And Greenville is such a welcoming city in its first place that, you know, it's just, it's just one of my becoming quickly one of my favorite conventions to go to. And, you know, I can't rave enough about this show. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, I ran around uh, Sunday getting stuff signed uh, by, because uh, Rob manages to, and his people, his staff always managed to get people there that, um, I've never seen at a convention. So yeah, there's a lot of people that come here every year like us. Uh, but then there's a lot of people who, uh, uh, are, uh, are, are ones he's bringing in because he knows that they don't, they've never been to that area before. So, I mean, seeing Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, who are two of the hottest guys in comics right now, come to Greenville was amazing because they, I mean, they're like, they, there's a lot of other places that would kill to have them come to their town. Uh, and Rob can do it because, uh, you know, of the reputation that he's had as a store owner and as a convention runner. Uh, I don't hear anybody, you know, I was up in the, the green room hanging out with some of the other uh, guests. Nobody was complaining. Everybody was talking about how much they really loved this, this show. Oh, very much so. And, you know, the people's spirits and, you know, the Greenville Convention Center is a true convention center in the sense where it's not like a Dragon Con, which is con- connected to hotels and or is in a hotel lobby. It's a true convention center where 
you go and you go directly for the con. There isn't like places to walk to outside and everything. And if, if you do, it's a pretty much a nice hike to get to any kind of like food or anything. So you go and you're pretty much there all day and it is a blast. You're not going to be bored anytime going to a South Carolina comic con. And, you know, I'm already counting the days till next year's. So. <laughs> it's a great time. And we are so honored and privileged to be part of it. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, everybody uh, who uh, helps us. Thanks. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm blanking Mike, the guy who uh, helps run. Micah. Micah. Thank you. Why would I not know that name? Uh, I have no clue, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think um, you're just overtired. <laughs> probably. I still am. I mean, it, you're right. It was like, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing. It's like, so there's one suggestion I would like to make to Rob and them uh, about the show is that could you, we, could we please put in the carpeted floors? Could we please put <laughs> floors? Because damn, that's, that's, uh, that's painful on the, on the feet, just standing around on the table, walking around and, Whew, that, uh, it takes its toll after a while. Oh, it does. But you know what? It's worth it. And, you know, just to see the smiling faces and, you know, everybody coming by and, you know, just going through and having a good time. Definitely worth checking out, folks. And, you know, if you're, you know, ever in Greenville, stop by Borderlands Comics. They're going to have a new location very soon. Oh, I'm so excited. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I think, you know, I really think we need to take a road trip up for the grand opening for that. That would be fun. Always going up there is a good time. Yeah, and it's not that far from Atlanta. We it's had people to be um, open uh, before Free Comic Day. I think is he still on schedule? Well, I, as far as I know, I talked to him real briefly. I didn't recognize him at first with his really long beard. So it was interesting <laughs> to see. Yeah. I know. It was like, who's this homeless guy talking to me? Oh, Robert, hi. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's going through, uh, I can't remember what it is. It's something for charity, though. He's always doing something he does, for charity. He does it every year for St. Patrick's Day. He dyes it green, and then right after, he shaves it off. Yeah. So, so we that's, that's the one, co- all right, I will say the one complaint uh-huh. I have with South Carolina Comic-Con this year is that they moved it to the beginning of March instead of the end of March. And it was in direct competition with the ladies, uh, NCAA, uh, basketball tournament, which was being held in town. And it just made everything more expensive and more crowded. And, you know, even finding parking the very first day on Saturday was tough. And that was my that was my one complaint about the con. And it was but other than that, I had a blast. Atlanta, which we love to go to too, and we couldn't do that this year. We couldn't do both. Yes, I heard a lot of people had a great time at Atlanta. Martin puts on a great show. So if you do, you know, did you go to the show? Please write us and let us know your thoughts, or call us with a review. You can write us at Earth Station One at esonetwork.com, or you could call us at four zero four nine six three nine zero five seven. All right, that wraps it up with South Carolina Comic-Con Blast. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to be talking to an old friend of ours.
The Pro Wrestling Roundtable is a podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans. Every Monday, you can get your wrestling fix with news, interviews, reviews, wrestling talk from the past, present, and future. So much wrestling talk, even Bonesaw McGraw can't resist. Available on ProWrestlingRoundtable.com, iTunes, and the ESO Network. Come on and listen. Our house, it has a crowd There's always something happening And it's usually quite loud Our mum, she's so house proud Hey everyone, welcome back. Now we are here talking to our friend Rob Jones. Welcome back to Earth Station One, sir. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Welcome back to the station. Although part of you never left because I think part of you still in the seat. Like, uh, you know. You know, he did sign the disclosure for DNA and cell samples. <laughs> My heart is still there, yes. <laughs> exactly. But uh, very exciting. Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, oh, wow. It's been a lot of stuff. Um, started a new comic book series, uh, working on a children's book about my dog, which uh, I think I had just gotten the last time we, we had talked. Um, yeah, and, and about to move. I'm moving from Florida to, to Pittsburgh. So should be a wow. in weather. That's a, that's a, usually as we get older, we move the other way. Yeah. 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 But now that I'm here, it's like, it's, it's hot and it's only getting hotter. And you know, it's like, I'm not built for a hundred degrees, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you can, you can, in cold, you can keep putting stuff on. You can never take it off off for a hundred. It's just not, it's just not working. It's true. I used to, I used to live in Orlando. That didn't yeah. last long. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a couple of years there, but um, no, very good. Are you doing like a, a strip too? Like a, a comic strip? Yes. Yeah. I'm actually doing a comic strip for a magazine or a newspaper in uh, Pittsburgh called the Pittsburgh current. So uh, it's just a, a little humor strip with a bunch of little one-off jokes, whatever I can think of. That's pretty cool though. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, the, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the comic strip is, is almost a, a dying art more than anything, uh, any other format, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you see them in, in, you know, like proper newspapers, they're just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It's like, here's a tiny head with this giant word balloon because it may be able to be legible at the size that they print them at now. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about like the uh, you know the old like golden age of of comic strip art back in the 30s and 40s and everything. They weren't they just displayed them as like huge, large. You got these large uh, pictures because then they were they were properly illustrated too. Not to say that yours is, but I mean you know what I mean. But they were like they weren't just these simple like cartoons. I mean they were like full illustrated. Yeah, yeah. And Alex Raymond and Hal Foster and those guys they had like a full page of newspaper back in the day when they actually printed them the right size it's yeah and they could do like a second strip across the top yeah it's amazing to see that stuff and just, have you ever seen the originals i have uh, glanced at a few on occasion but i've never really like yeah i don't i certainly don't own it <laughs> i went when i went to uh, the cubert school you walk in and there's uh, the water fountain and above the water fountain on the left was a hal foster prince valiant and on the right was a uh, alex raymond flash gordon and it's literally like two feet tall is how they drew these things and it was just incredible to see it up close and how they did oh man it's insane yeah I I don't have it, and it's one of those things that I like. Every once in a while, I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to get that." But I think I, I don't know if it was IDW because they're the ones who usually do this sort of thing, or maybe it was Titan. But they put out 
Um, and it was supposed to be match the size of the strip, the um, uh, the Flash Gordon, and then the what was it, Jungle Jim? Yeah, that was Jungle before, like. And I was like, oh, I need to get that. And I think they put out one volume, and after the first volume, they were kind of like, yeah, no, that's this. These are too large. Nobody, nobody yeah, no, like, these people are going to use these as doors. Yeah, they were like the size of the artist edition before they were doing like really doing artist editions, if I remember. Yes. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, I know that you just started a uh, Kickstarter for High Spot issue two. Yes. Yes. So tell us uh, about High Spot. Fun series. Oh, thank you. Yeah, High Spot is uh, the story of a female stunt performer who uh, grew up watching like Indiana Jones movies and couldn't decide if she wanted to do something like archaeology or do something with Hollywood because those were her two loves. So she went with she went with Hollywood, but uh, never gave up on the archaeology thing. So uh, on the set of one of these films they bring in an archaeologist as a consultant. And so she just pesters him into bringing her on one of, one of his adventures. And so that's what we're working on now. <laughs> yes. It's, it's Indiana Jones meets fall guy. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but very much fun with, a, of course, a female protagonist. So. Yes. Uh, lots of fun there. And um, uh, yes. So the second issue is is available through the Kickstarter now. So you can pre-order and get all sorts of uh, fun bonus stuff to to support the book. Now, if people missed out on issue one, you've got them covered, right? Certainly, yeah. There's uh, options to get both issues digitally, both issues uh, traditionally, and then uh, we have like a subscription service which will give you the third one when it comes out. So uh, that that should be later this year because I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how has been, I mean, overall, because I think you've done a few of these now. How overall, how do you find doing the, the Kickstarter as you are? Are you like a, a seasoned pro at this point or is it still kind of just nerve wracking? It's completely nerve wracking. Yeah. No, I don't know how many you do before you're calm, but like, yeah, it's, I launched it and then I had panic attack. And so it's like, nobody's going to like this one. Uh, it's, you know, whatever. And they you like self-doubt and then somebody pledges and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. We're good. We're good. First one's a dollar. That's all that matters. It's a dollar. I'll take it. <laughs> you like something I'll take. It. <laughs> yeah. Cause you hear, I mean, I've heard some real, I mean, I, I know people who've been successful like yourself and then I've heard some real horror stories. So, so, uh, but the fact that you're, you know, you're telling me that it doesn't get easier than, you know, since I'm about to start my own, I'm like, Oh, that doesn't help me Rob. I'm that sorry. No, it's fantastic. It's a wonderful experience. Uh, in no way are you going to lose whatever hair you have because I'm I'm almost out. You know, it's it's awful. <laughs> Is there anything new to this particular Kickstarter that you're doing that uh, you hadn't done well, before? With this one, I kind of like I mentioned, I'm I'm, I'm in the process of moving, so we, we're uh, uh, we actually scaled this one back, and it's kind of like it's the book and some original art rewards and let's just see like how it goes i set a really low bar for the uh for funding so i figured all right if it works great if it doesn't i'm not out that much um with time and effort and all that stuff because i'm (laughs) so busy (laughs) packing all of my stuff um so yeah so i i'm just trying it with like a with a, a a low threshold and see how it goes so fingers crossed <laughs> and and i was uh kind of like you know taken aback to see that uh not only of course is your name on, 
on there, but uh, Dick Giordano's name, and there's some some uh, material from uh, that comics legend as well. Yes, in this. yeah. Um, this story has been kicking around my head forever. So, um, you know, 2006 or seven, I had asked Dick to to draw a biography of Alexander the Great. And uh, so he penciled it. I inked it at the time. It was awful. So I've re-inked it. So it's better now. But uh, yeah, so I've got six pages in this issue from from Dick. And I have a page in um, third issue that will be penciled or has been penciled by Dick. So, Wow. That's, that's, see, that's worth it right there, folks. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, well, very cool. Well, we definitely wish you the best of luck. We were going to have a link to it uh, on our show notes so that people can check it out. And we have a pretty good track record, Mike, I think, with uh, people who are up here on uh, Earth Station One with uh, the Kickstarters and everything. You're guaranteed to get at least some of our 10 listeners to do it. Awesome. And <laughs> any of your listeners who do back it, have them send me a note and say that they heard it on the podcast and I'll do um, a free six by nine headshot, bus shot, something of, uh, of whatever character they want. Uh, as long as they get one of the physical rewards, I'll, I'll include that with the, with the package, just as long as they let me know that where they heard it. That's very cool. Very generous of you. Yes. You hear that folks. So yes, go to uh, Kickstarter, pull up high spot and, and uh, yeah, select um, one of the um, print copies. Yes, yes. And thank and, you guys and, for having me uh, so I can do that for them. No, absolutely. That's, uh, that's great. Um, and uh, very cool. Well, we appreciate it. Um, good luck. And uh, we'll definitely have you back again soon. Thanks so much. <laughs> absolutely. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment. And we are going to be talking all about Captain Marvel. Hey, everyone. Michelle here, Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment. And as we so often do, starting out with a farewell um, to Keith Flint of The Prodigy, who, of course, passed away last week. At the shocking age of 49, I mean, it's it's sh- shockingly young and also um, amazing to think how young he was when Firestarter came out back in 90. Um, I saw a story about him this past week online that I thought was pretty cool. He owned and ran a pub uh, in his hometown of Pleshy, Essex in the UK. It was called the Le- it's called the Leather Bottle. And... As a landlord, he sometimes had to top off the fire, and there would always be somebody who had to make a fire starter joke. So when that happened, he would just point at the uh, swear box he kept on the wall over the fire, and they had to pay a quid. In other news, the Stray Cats are back, marking their 40th anniversary with their first new record in 26 years, called 40, and they'll follow that up with a world tour. It was recorded last year in Nashville with Peter Collins, who's worked with... Rush and Alice Cooper and Air Supply and now the Stray Cats. The first single is called Cat Fight Over a Dog Like Me. Uh, it's available with pre-orders of the record. It will also be on an exclusive 12-inch picture disc uh, for Record Store Day next April 13th. We will be talking about, about Record Store Day a little later. And, of course, they are going out on tour. Uh, they'll be in the U.S. in August uh, the U.S. leg is way, way, way too short. So if you're one of the lucky cities or can get to one of them, uh, you need to go and check out a great show. 
And also, Pete Townsend will publish his debut novel on November 5th. It's called Age of Anxiety. Uh, it's a look at the music industry, a meditation on manic genius and creativity. And of course, because he's Pete Townsend, it's not just a novel. It's going to also be an opera and an art installation. Those will be coming up in, in the future. Um, that's just how things roll when you're Pete Townsend. Uh, there are details about all this information on the blog at iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com, and we will have more news for you next week. Did you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free as always, but now you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is click on the link on the top navigation of the ESO Network website or go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. Did you have a rough day, Agent Fury? I'm gonna need clarification on this space invasion. Scrolls are infiltrating your planet. They're shapeshifters. Okay, prove you're not a scroll. It's a photon blast. And? I'm scroll cannot do that. I'm just supposed to take your word for that. We are free, strong, united. Control it. I have this power. You think you can find others? She's just the beginning. You've come a long way. But you're not as strong as you think. What is this? The S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. Does announcing your identity on clothing help with the covert part of your job? Said the space soldier who was wearing a rubber suit. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Earth Station One. It is now time for our movie review time, and we are ready for Captain Marvel. It is amazing to me that it feels like the summer movie season is starting like early and early every year. And uh, certainly with Captain Marvel, I mean, this is this is a big one. This is a big one. And I'm very keen to talk about it. Of course, we have with us our our movie folks. Uh, Ashley is back with us. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Howdy. Yes, of course. And we, we, yeah, we can't imagine doing these things without you guys. And Alex Autry. Hey, it's good to be back. Absolutely, because yeah, this is the first movie one year on this year so far, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, I miss. I sadly missed out on uh, on How to Train Your Dragon three, uh, but I'm glad to be here for this one. Good, 
Good, and we're glad to have you as well as our Avengers and Captain Marvel expert. I could call you an expert, right, Van? Van Allen Plexico is here. Hey, it's always so great to be on Earth Station One. Yes, it's great to have you back on the mothership, as we like to call it. Um, uh, Very excited. I know that uh, this was a big one for you. Oh, yeah, this is one I've, I've only waited 51 years for. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the rest of us have been waiting 10 years for it <laughs> carol was created the same year i was so i've been waiting my whole life wow so yeah so let's get into it and, and let's start there let's start with our history of uh, the character um i will just basically say that uh i've been uh sort of aware of Miss Marvel Captain Marvel the Captain Marvel character in various incarnations throughout the years but not, uh, but not in depth. Like I don't think I've ever read a single like story starring uh, a Marvel. Um, so, uh, so, so my experience and exposure to the comic book version of Marvel was was very loose. So there was a lot of things in here that I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect really. So I went in pretty fresh. Uh, what about you, Ashley? Um, I knew pretty much absolutely nothing about the character going in, which was actually kind of exciting in a weird way because I was looking forward to just really meeting this character, finding out about the story that I knew absolutely nothing about. So there was a lot of fun surprises for me in the movie. I enjoyed just kind of walking in and discovering it um, all new. Alex? Uh, yeah. For me, it's weird because like when I was a kid, I grew up, uh, with the male Captain Marvel, not not the Shazam, although that one too, um, but but the the male one, like one of the first uh, graphic novels I ever picked up was Death of Captain Marvel, in which the character succumbs to cancer, and the whole premise is is you know I've got, they've got all the powers in the universe and can't stop death, um, so I, I knew of the character of Carol Danvers, uh, I knew the the female Captain Marvel. Uh, there were links in the past regarding um, uh, how Rogue got her uh, uh, super strength and everything, uh, but really going into this movie uh, was was like Ashley said, it was very refreshing because I didn't have a preset notion of what was going to be happening, what characters we'd be introduced to, uh, and in the long run, for me, it made it uh, a better film because a lot of the twists and turns that occurred in the in the movie. Uh, came right out of left field for me. Uh, my understanding, we're going to get into it a little bit, but my understanding is even if you were expecting a lot from this movie, it twisted, it turned in a lot of ways that you wouldn't expect if you even did have a history. Is that right, Van? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. This uh, this movie, it's interesting that this movie actually featured three different people who have been Captain Marvel in the Marvel Universe, and it basically took all their stories and kind of put them in the blender and brought out something that was totally new and yet still evocative of all their past. So I was very pleased with that. Now, uh, your history, my, I, I feel, is quite extensive, right? This is your, is your second favorite comic book hero? The, well, see, that's the funny thing about it, is that the, the two Captains Marvel in this movie, there were really three, because Monica becomes Photon and Captain Marvel later, the little girl. But the, 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 the two in the movie... Uh, that were featured as as basically Captain Marvels. They um, um, they are my second and third favorite characters after Iron Man. Yeah, so 
it kind of I kind of got two and three together in this movie. Wow, wow. And Mike, what about you? For me, I'm pretty much the same way as with Fan because I've known of Captain Marvel um, pretty much from the Kree Scroll Wars on, and. Mm-hmm. You know, going through the different iterations from when Carol became Miss Marvel and then, you know, later binary in the X-Men, her fateful meeting with Rogue, you know, in the Avengers annual. And then also, you know, basically, you know, her coming back and becoming Captain Marvel. It's, you know, I'm familiar with her that way. And, you know, she used to hang out with the X-Men a lot. She was an Avenger. She's been you know, affiliated even with the Star Jammers. So, you know, I was very familiar with her character, but not as of recently, you know, when she became Captain Marvel again. And it was interesting to see and see all these characters, you know, very familiar. And, you know, hoping, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything yet. We'll get into it in a few minutes in the discussion. But I like, like how Van said, they took a lot of her legend and mixed it up with other characters who've been Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think my, like, I was just thinking about what you guys were talking about. Uh, I think the most extensive um, experience that I've had reading uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers anyway, is through uh, the book Alias, Jessica Jones, uh, because she's her best friend. And uh, uh, that was modified in the TV show uh, to be uh, Patsy Walker. But um, is is that right? Did I say that right? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, they modified that there in the series. But pretty much in that role is is uh, Carol in in the comics. Hmm. And so that's really kind of how I I really kind of know her. And that could be, you know, (laughs) because we all know that, you know, Bendis has a tendency to to take some liberties with folks um, <laughs> that could be a completely different uh, version of the character than it has ever existed before. So. <laughs> I've never but, read that one. So I really am not sure. Um, but okay. So going in uh, and you know, like, look, you know, no matter what we thought of the character going in, expectations are really high. I mean, this is, this is the movie before Endgame. This is the movie that's supposed to, you know, in addition to introducing a new character to the MCU, is is going to provide clues, possible clues, uh, to to one of the biggest movies that uh, uh, that's ever come out, like in the last certainly in the last decade, if not more than that, right? So so this is this is a big 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 deal, and um, I, I'm kind of curious as to what you guys thought overall. Um, Van, we'll start with you. What was your overall impression? Uh, I thought this movie was fantastic. I thought it did everything it needed to do. Um, I thought it introduced her as a very powerful, strong character who still has humor like all the Marvel movies. I thought that it, um, I, I really didn't find very many flaws, but I liked the idea that it was a period piece set in the nineties. I liked the idea that it, it sort of, uh, sets up a lot of not just Avengers Endgame, but it sets up the entire MCU, depending on how you look at it. Um, so I, I was continuously surprised by a movie that I thought I was not going to have very many surprises from. And that's a very good thing. Yeah. And especially with your history, I would be worried. Like, so they, they, Marvel tends to get away with the MCU rather tends to get away with doing a lot of that. Um, they, they, they seem to take a lot, a lot of liberties with characters. I mean, case in point, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, very different than, you know, what a lot of people like consider 
from the comics is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but yet they sort of can can get away with it because they make it work and they make it accessible. Absolutely. Yeah, we, I, I've always said, I mean, if you, you, you can change things for a movie if you, if you do two things. One, you keep the spirit of it pretty much intact. And two, you do it well. You know, I mean, the Lord of the Rings is always, I think, the, the, the great example of that. You know, if you, you, if, as long as you keep what makes it special special, you can mess around the details as long as you keep it, keep it special and make it quality. And they did. Yeah. Yeah, they've got yeah, they've got a great track record at doing that. So, uh, so Ashley, what did you think? Um, I would say overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, this movie was special to me since it is Marvel's the Marvel Cinematic Universe's first female-led superhero film. When you think about, it's been ten years and twenty movies, and so I've been waiting for this for a long time. And it was so cool to see, especially as I went to the theater and saw a lot of families, like young girls, like. 10 or even younger just it was so cool to see that um that if this is their first introduction to the marvel cinematic universe just that they're this is a great character that they can look up to and i really enjoyed getting to know uh carol danvers as a character i really loved her personality kind of her recklessness and just always cracking jokes and i think she will add a really fun flavor to the marvel cinematic universe especially as we're looking at in game we're not sure who's going to be retiring or may not return and so we need some dynamic personalities to carry the franchise forward and i think um she's definitely going to deliver to deliver there are a few things that i would have changed about the film itself um a few things i would have uh, tweaked or a few minor criticisms i'm sure we'll get into that later but overall had a really fun time and again just excited to see marvel's uh, first female-led superhero film hopefully first of many still to come here very surprising that it did take so long i mean it's a good it's a fair point i could i can remember dc at one point tripping over themselves trying to put wonder woman together and and uh you know people who were in the fans of the mcu camp we're saying things like, oh, yeah, look, DC can't make a good Wonder Woman movie, but yet Marvel can can bring to life, a, you know, a raccoon. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> but 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 Marvel's not bringing together a movie with a female superhero, like a lead. Like, I'm like, yeah, they can do a raccoon. But where's, you know. The, the the Black Widow movie that we've all kind of thought we would get by now, right? Yeah, it is Fair. super interesting. And I have very, very minor complaints about the MCU so far. So many great characters wouldn't change anything. But it is kind of just interesting. Like you said, to look back over 10 years, it's like, wow, it took this long to make it happen. But I think uh, Wonder Woman kind of helped pave the way and um, some other movies with like Ray and Star Wars and the Hunger Games. So it's definitely good to see. And um, hopefully they'll finally green like that Black Widow movie. I feel like we've been waiting forever but hopefully with the great success of captain marvel we'll finally get that green lit and moving forward and and mike can i add too that absolutely i just want to say that with all due respect to black widow who i love as a character i think that scarlett jensen does a great job with her i do have to say i'm kind of glad that marvel's first female-led superhero movie is is like the military woman in the uniform rather than the slinky, sexy babe in the black leather. I just, it would just feel kind of weird to me if their first one was kind of a, you know what I mean? It, it, I'm, I'm glad it's a tough lady and not the, well, not the, again, not the Blackwood is not tough, but they're no, different, they're different characters and it's, 
I, I'm, I'm just happier this way. I hope that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I, I was just thinking, you know, when Ashley was uh, talking about that, I was just thinking, and, you know, even though we had to wait, I mean, poof, what a, what a powerful character. I mean, as, as far as power levels goes, it's hard to argue like that anybody, any Marvel character and even DC character for that matter is as powerful as she is. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, uh, Alex, what about you? What, what was your uh, overview of the movie? Um, so, for, first of all, I'm going to say this. We should have had a Black Widow movie a while ago. Just there, it's, it's said. Um, okay. That, having said that, um, one of the things I loved about uh, uh, Phase 1 of the Marvel Universe was each movie was different. Each movie was a genre story with a superhero in it. Um, Incredible Hulk was your Jekyll and Hyde story. Captain America was a World War II serial. Uh, Iron Man, I technically speaking, was your only true uh, origin-style uh, story as far as the cookie-cutter mold of, of superhero movies. Um, Thor was your, your classic uh, uh, fantasy we have lost that over the last two phases. Uh, we, we don't get these genre styles. Or, and honestly, I don't think we've had one since maybe Winter Soldier, where it wasn't so much a superhero movie as much as it was a story that had superheroes in it. I agree. It was more of a spy movie. Okay, yeah. You know, like so, espionage, that type of thing. Right. This one definitely jumps back to that style and gives us not just a a superhero film, but gives us a solid story uh, that you could have and you could eliminate some of the hero aspect. Granted, you know, we've got shape changing aliens and and whatnot. Uh, So little tweaks here and there. Uh, but you could take most of this story, put any other type of characters in it, and it would still work. And that's one of the things I really, really liked about this film. Um, the fact that it's it's almost, I believe it's a two and a half hour long movie, and it moves so fast that it doesn't feel like it, is a great thing, especially since we're all having to stretch our legs for the upcoming endgame. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's just it's preparing our, our, our bladders. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we have some tolerance. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? I'm torn because I didn't go in with a ton of high expectations because I didn't want to. I stayed away from any of the negative press this got, uh, especially, you know, all the, I don't know, I know all the crap that's out there. And, you know, I just tried going fairly clean. And so I pretty much, you know, went in. And it blew me away. I left smiling ear to ear, even looking into what time the midnight movie was showing of it. That, you know, we were, I was like, (laughs) hey, if we didn't have a con the next day, let's go to the midnight movie. Let's go see it. (laughs) And, you know, I was ready to go see it again. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It, you know, like I said earlier, I have a huge history with the character, but if even if you came in with it, this movie really surprised me, and I think Brie Larson did an amazing job 
carrying it in such a way I didn't even expect from Scott Pilgrim's girlfriend. It was awesome. <laughs> I, I do, I do want to uh, discuss the, um, uh, yes, uh, the, the acting and the performances next. So that was a good lead in. Very good. Uh, nice segue. Um, because, and yeah, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to heart. I mean, if you guys think it's relevant, then by all means, but certainly the, the stuff that was happening off screen is way less interesting to me than what happens on screen. Mm. Right. So, uh, so, uh, but I, uh, so I had seen Brie Larson in a few things, I think prior to this, uh, most recently, I think skull Island yep. is in that. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I didn't, like I did, I didn't have a previous like history with the characters. So I didn't know, like when I heard she was cast, I didn't go, Oh, she's right forward or she's not right forward. Or like, I didn't know. And, and look, I mean, we've seen all how that works. You know, the, the, there's like, you know, no matter what you even think, like, look, if, if even five years ago, but certainly five, 10 years ago, if someone had said to me, cause I knew them basically, but if someone had said to me that Annette Benning was going to play Marvel or the Supreme intelligence or both, <laughs> I would have been like, you are crazy. Like, that's just, that's just crazy talk. That's that's not even possible. Heck, probably if you had told Van that, he would have probably punched you in the junk. <laughs> I would have been out. I wouldn't have been interested in seeing the movie. <laughs> so so obviously they've proven that they can take, you know, they know what they're doing when they're casting. Yes. Um, and so uh, so I, I their track record is so good. I don't need to watch the previews. I don't need to really pay a lot of attention. I just go in going, all right, just just keep giving me the same what you've been giving me because this is this is solid stuff that you guys are providing for me and uh i thought brie was great um i think and i don't know like i said i don't know the character well enough i think the only thing that i would say that kind of was maybe a slight criticism that i had was that as far as her character um like she sort of has this look that she's not always taking things seriously and um and that kind of turned me off a couple times but other than that i thought i mean she was solid so I, and I, like i said i don't know if that's something that 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 brie brought to the role or if it was something inherent in the character or what have you but i just thought uh, occasionally there was this sort of like i don't know if like i don't really feel that you're um understanding the 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 danger that you're in um because you're just taking this uh, like sort of like tongue in cheek. But again, that's just me. So maybe, but what did you all think of Brie? We'll start with Alex this time. Um, you know, I thought she was fine. You know, I mean, I like, I, I've seen her in a few films where she does it. She's, I've never seen her as the lead. Uh, and things she plays, uh, she played, um, Amy Schumer's sister in Trainwreck. Uh, where for most of her scenes, she's just being put upon by Amy Schumer. But then again, everybody's being put upon by Amy Schumer in that film. Um, so you don't really get anything. Uh, you, you get her as the, uh, the, the ex-girlfriend of Scott Pilgrim and the aforementioned Scott Pilgrim of the world, which, by the way, is just getting a weirder and weirder star, uh, superhero cast the longer that movie is out. Isn't it really? <laughs> um, it's so true. But to your point, Alex, like I saw her in that too because that's I love Scott Pilgrim. It's one of my favorite movies as right. well. 
And and I saw her in that. I saw her in Skull Island. She didn't make a huge impression on me in either one of those movies. Not to the point where I'm like, now after I will say after seeing this, I, I remember I'll remember her. Now. Yeah, like she's made an impression on me with this that I'm like, okay, you're on my radar now. I will not forget that you're who you are. As far as pop culture films go, she's not been one that you would see consistently and go, oh, yeah, Brie Larson's in this movie. We got to go check it out. Um, so I think that may be why, for me, she was definitely not one of those, oh, okay, I'm, I can totally see her being in this role. Uh, this should be really good. Um, I think she just kind of fit in that spot. But having said that, I didn't come in with a whole lot of expectation of who the character was going to be. So by just watching her, I was able to get lost in the idea that she was Carol Danvers. And I don't know how close that is to the real thing. I'm sure uh, Van will probably get into that uh, as well as, uh, as Mike uh, in, in regards to just how close they kind of kept it. But I found the character to be very entertaining and a lot of fun just throughout the film there's something nice about the fact that a character who's lo- who's lost their their uh memories isn't just suddenly i am a robot and i think not having her just be robotic and still having a hint of personality in there uh really made for some great moments the there's a fight scene at the end in which she's talking about in which she has witty banter uh which uh was really nice about uh you know is this why we didn't get along she's no, I just didn't like you so okay you know i mean i thought that was actually a really very funny moment uh and it made me smile uh during that moment so oh van what do you think so let's hear from you what what uh what do you think of brie well, you know, I founded the Avengers Assemble website in 1995, and so for 24 years, and the web and the mailing list, and so for 24 years, we've been casting this character. And uh, over <laughs> the years, it's changed a few times. I was going to say, I'm curious as to who maybe some of your favorites were as far as playing. Uh, Honestly, Carol. I never had a favorite because I, of all the people that that, that my various friends would pr- propose, we never really came up with one that just seemed perfect. And so when we, so when I heard that that Brie Larson was um, uh, when I heard that Brie Larson was cast to play Carol Danvers, I was doing my best imitation of the of, uh, Hansu guy uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy in this movie. I was like, who? But, you know, I looked her up and I was like, okay, well, she looks as much like Carol Danvers as any of the actresses that we've come up with. I mean, you know, so, uh, but I thought she did a fantastic job. I thought she was really, really good. I thought that she played tough and whimsical and funny and determined and all the various things this role demanded uh, very successfully. And, and a lot of it was very subtly. It wasn't just cartoon slapstick. It was very subtle, which I think some people had trouble with. And I, I think that what I took from what you were saying about her not being as serious, for me, that came across often as just her swagger, that okay. she never really seemed intimidated by any situation. And she just was almost like Spider-Man going up against a villain where there's never this, Oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. It's always just kind of this, I'm, I'm going to take you down. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm unstoppable basically. And so, and she pretty much was. So yeah, I will, yes. I will give you, I will give you the, the Spider-Man uh, connection. I can see that. That's uh, an excellent point. Um, 
because there are moments in which she's just talking. And I mean, again, she's supposed to be a fighter pilot. Fighter pilots are normally mm-hmm. very cocky characters. So not so much oh, yeah. cocky. They're convinced. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Top Gun is to be believed, yes, as being the setting, the standard, then sure. Um, uh, Mike, what about you? I thought she was great. I enjoyed a lot of the chemistry she had with, you know, of course, with Samuel Jackson, his Fury role. And, you know, like Van, it was like I always thought, you know, played around with friends talking about who would want you want to have play so-and-so in the Marvel Universe. You know, once they announced like Robert Downey was going to be Iron Man, you know, we went through a list of, oh, this character, this character, this character. And mm-hmm. Brie Larson, you know, was never on the radar. but she, you know, she fit the role perfectly. She was strong. She was cute. She was humorous. She was, dare I say it, a very strong female character who women can look up to and little girls can look up to. Heck, we saw already at the con we went to this last weekend, which we talked about earlier, you know, we saw at least 20 girls, you know, ages four or five up into their 20s wearing Captain Marvel uniforms. And it's awesome to see, you know, it's awesome to see, you know, women having Wonder Woman, having Captain Marvel, having characters in Star Wars and characters, you know, in all different types of genres now to look up to. They just don't have to be princesses anymore. And it's just one of the best feelings in the world seeing this and seeing a whole new fandom open up to, you know, females and males alike. It's pretty awesome. Ashley, as the, as the only female that we have uh, at least with us here, what, what, what do you do you agree oh absolutely i just um have to echo everything mike faber said he just said it beautifully um it's hard to put into words sometimes what these movies mean to female fans until you actually see it i mean it's great to see uh, strong female characters that are in supporting roles in a lot of these franchise films but there's just something different like watching wonder woman like i actually got really emotional during the no man's land scene and it's like i hadn't even realized how long as a female geek i had waited to see this on scene on screen and um i had a cool moment in captain marvel too where um she's kind of being berated inside is it the great intelligence i i forget what the name of that is but um so I'm like you can't do this and then she finally just stands up and says like i am enough i can do this and that just means so much. And, um, I was very excited to see that. Another thing that really stood out to me was, um, I'm not super familiar with Brie Larson as an actress outside of, um, of course, uh, Kong Skull Island, I think is the only movie I've seen her in, but just seeing her enthusiasm for the role is super fun. Just her talking about Captain Miracle, um, um, Captain Marvel. And I saw those, um, fun videos and pictures of her going to theaters this weekend and like interacting with fans and like, I believe serving them completely. Uh, concessions, just fun things like that. Um, I think she just has such a passion for this role and I think she's going to be a great asset for the MCU going forward. I think she, um, the character has a fun personality, a good spirit. And um, I do agree. I think there were a couple moments where they uh, 
weren't at, didn't take the moment as seriously as I thought they could have, especially kind of surrounding the reveal of her past and kind of how she'd been betrayed and tricked. I kind of wish they'd played that a little more serious, gone a little bit more deeper into that. But overall, those are just relatively minor complaints and I cannot wait to see her and what she's going to do in in game. Cause I think Thanos is about to be in some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to, I do want to talk about that in a little bit, but uh um, but a, a couple of points that you made that uh, really stood out for me too is, well, first of all, that, that sequence where, um, where she's talking to the Supreme intelligence and she's review, re- revisiting all the times. I mean, it, it kind of works, uh, in the, within the movie because her memories are coming back, but, um, uh, the, all the times where she got knocked down and she got back up. I mean, that, that's a really powerful, uh, sequence right there. Um, oh, for sure. on, right on par with, uh, the no man's land scene from wonder woman really i mean it's just a, I mean male female whatever it's just a it's just a powerful moment um you know yes you get knocked down but you can get right i mean it's a rocky moment right like it's <laughs> oh yeah yeah i think we all need that it's good for anyone to kind of see that like no matter what you've been through no matter how many times you've life has knocked you down you know you can get up you are strong enough and you can do this and i think that's a message that we can't say too many times say it as many times as you need to and uh and also i do you know like i said i wasn't really paying attention to all the the stuff that he said she said stuff going on like you know with this movie um that was sort of out there but i did it did click with me i'm like wow she is not just sitting back and and like saying i'm i was in a movie that's cool like she's she's taking some ownership of the role of the character like outside of of the movie which i think is you know is always a good thing you know i always love it when when you know someone is invested enough in a character in a property that they'll continue to you know sort of the way samuel jackson himself has has just you know loved the idea of playing fury so much he's been on tv he's he's been he'll do anything just because he loves loves being fury so much you know oh for sure and uh and and that's kind of one of the lead i want to lead into the next one uh performance too because my goodness okay so they are starting to really scare me with this whole de-aging cg software that they've got <laughs> because i couldn't tell like i just you know there are times i'm watching this screen and we can watch you know these movies are now in such high def that like not anything's going to get by us really quick but Man, Samuel Jackson in this movie, they de-aged him like 20, 30 years. And I just, it was seamless. I could not tell. And it, his performance in it was not um, handicapped at all by this technology. It's, it's scary. Like, I do yeah. wonder how much of it is him and how much of it is CG. But I, I have to believe that, I mean, because we've seen Samuel Jackson in so many movies, that a lot of it's him, right? Yeah, it was cool. But like you said, it was also really scary because I think this is, I've seen them do the de-aging before, but to me, this is where they finally kind of cross the point where it's like, oh my gosh, did they go back in time and grab Samuel L. Jackson from the past and (laughs) plop him into this movie because it looks so real to me. So I don't know whether that's a good technology or not, but it was incredibly realistic. And he's not just in the scene for like five minutes, like some of the others we've seen, like with yeah. Kurt Russell or Robert Downey Jr. or even in the Star Wars movies, right? I mean, he's in, like he's the he's the supporting the sidekick in this movie. I, I will say it makes me look forward to Nick Fury's Marvel Babies. 
Um, <laughs> I think uh, that'll be highly entertaining. Uh, yeah, the DH process. I got I got to tell you, uh, very impressed by the young rookie Phil Coulson. <laughs> he's an up and comer. I love that, but I mean, it was so good, and it shows why those two had such a connection early on. Uh, but yeah, I was like, wow, Phil's got hair. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> and it never occurred to me that Nick Fury had hair. Like it just clicked with me now. <laughs> dude, dude, I watched the entire movie and I was never once conscious of the fact that I was seeing a DH Samuel Jackson. Yeah. For me, for me, 100%, the entire movie, I was watching a younger Nick Fury and it just never crossed my mind until later. Wait a minute, that was Samuel L. Jackson, and he's not that young. So, yeah, it absolutely worked. It's really scary when you think about it that them de-aging Samuel L. Jackson to the same age he was when he was doing Pulp Fiction. You know, Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it's true. Well, and you know, unlike uh, the technology or the makeup they use to to age people, at least with the de aging, they have reference. They have a lot of like film reference that they can go back to and go, okay, we know he looks exactly like this. At least they didn't Uh, give him the Jerry curl. That's all I have to say. Yeah, but you, but you know what, though? That's not exactly fair because in, in Pulp Fiction, yes, he looked like that. But like two years earlier when he was in Jurassic Park, he looked much older. So perhaps, oh, my gosh, is Samuel L. Jackson just de-aging? <laughs> he is. <laughs> Does he have some sort of secret? Got, they actually had makeup on him to make him look older in the Avengers movie. <laughs> That's it's that was amazing. Uh, I want to hear about uh, some of your other favorite characters, performances. Uh, Alex, let's start with you. Another uh, performance or a character that that stood out for you? Um, well, I, I, aside from uh, the the appearance of everybody's favorite Avenger, Phil, um, I, I, I honestly I really liked uh, Jude Law's performance in this, especially mm-hmm. when you consider. That you know he's he's training her he's 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 working her he's trying to make her the best that she can be, and then we find out about his character, and you just kind of go, oh well, did not expect that. I have a I have a question about that in me in Mike and Van. You probably can help me out here, and I yeah. certainly don't seem I don't want to feel I, I don't want to be insensitive to the Cree and like it, I don't want to become I, I don't want to be known as a Cree racist. But <laughs> my understanding is that they're blue people, <laughs> like like. But it sort of confused me why Carol would think she was Cree and why Jude Law's character is Cree. Like I was like, aren't they supposed to be like? Because no. even in the MCU, I think every time we've seen one, either it's been on Agents of Shield mm. primarily, they've been bad guys and they've been like, you know, like Grand Admiral Thrawn. I thought Thrawn. Do you want to take this one, Van? Or? Well, my understanding is that they have multiple colors. Okay, blue gotcha. is All blue right. is their primary, but there's the one guy that's black, and then. Jude Law is a pink. Marvell was a pink. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. and the, and they have Cree racism toward each other. You're not out of line there at all, Mike. You're <laughs> right on. They they do they do tend to look down on the pinks, I believe. So they never really liked um they never really liked Marvell that much to begin with. Although I believe Jan Rog in the comics was a pink too. Yes, he, he was. Yeah, because yeah. basically you know, the Cree is a huge it's just not one planet either. It's a huge empire. And, you know, they have other species and other races and, you know, they all, you know, as they, but they all bleed like, exactly. They're all alien. You know, they're like Spock and they bleed the other thing. 
So, yeah, it all depends, you know, where you look at it as. Like he said, in the comics, they, you know, basically, you know, they had pink, they had blue, they had black, you know, they had all different colors. And, you know, it's just taking for granted that, you know, these characters, they might have not come from the whole cream homeworld, but they were in the Cree empire. So that's the way I took it. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, like, you know, I was thinking maybe behind the scenes, Jude Law is like, okay, I'll do it, but I'm not, I'm not sitting in the makeup chair for three hours. I I just, (laughs) I just like the whole aspect of let's talk about racism van, you know, uh, that was, that was really nice. I like that. Um, but one of the things, go to the guest. Yeah. One of the things I, I thought was very interesting was that, that we keep, uh, that Mike kept referring to, uh, the entire Cree empire. And isn't it interesting that when you have an empire, suddenly things might not be as on the up and up as you'd expect. That's <laughs> true. I, um, uh, Alex, I have to agree. Uh, the, the Jude Law performance is really good. What I really liked about this particular film, and what I, I really liked about a lot of the, like you mentioned earlier on about how the Marvel movies, when they started, they were like definite, like, you know, different genre type movies. I think you're right. I think until the, we're getting less of that as far as the distinction, mm-hmm. but yet within them, there are these subtle differences that are, I think I find are really compelling and they kind of represent to me some of what, what really cool, like what I've known in comics all this time with superheroes, like they don't just have to be, you know, two, two big behemoths fighting each other. Like they can tell stories and they can adapt stories and they can tell interesting stories uh, themselves. And what I found was interesting in this story in particular was the sort of, uh, Pygmalion or My Fair Lady story, right? Where you've got, um, you know, Jude Law playing this like uh, Henry Higgins type character where he's trying to, you know, kind of mold Carol into something that he can use. And, and even at the end when she rebels with power that he's never seen before, um, he's still tries to claim her like he applauds her like like i knew you could do like like he claims it as his own and she's not i love the scene where she's not having it she's like no you did not this is me and i'm not like i don't need to impress you so when you know they have that scene where he's like you know drop your powers and let's duke it out then then i'll know that you're really like your own person she's like no i'm my own person i don't need you to judge me like you don't have to define who i am and she just zaps him that was brilliant Um, yeah that was a really good move yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes. It's 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 so cool, and that's again, that's another powerful like you know, it's a powerful woman message, right? That, that was her Indiana Jones moment <laughs> with, the, with the sword guy. Yeah, it's her Indiana Jones. It's her My Fair Lady moment. It's her yes. moment where she just sits up and says, "No, like you guys, you men are not going to define me." You know, it's I just I love that a lot. Um, Ashley, what about you? What is what's a favorite character performance that you saw? So this isn't really a performance per se, but I just loved everything about Goose the Cat. Um, <laughs> For some reason, I knew you were going to go with yep, Goose. Yep, I'm a big cat person. So when I saw the movie, it's like, oh, this fun little cat cameo. And then the cat kept showing up. It's like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Why is the cat on the spaceship? And then it's like, maybe they're carrying this joke a little too far. And then like, oh my gosh, there is a big twist with the cat. Um so I thought that was pretty entertaining and um, would would love to see Goose the Cat pop up in future MCU movies. However, that may happen. Maybe that's how we defeat Thanos. We just throw the cat at him and <laughs> let Goose go to town. But, um, <laughs> only, if, 
only if Thanos gets to go mother flurkin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but right before he goes, that's his final words there. That would be great. Is is the is now is this race is the flurkins actually a thing from the comics? Yes. Okay. Recently. Recently. Oh, yeah, cuz I don't remember just the most recent, old. yeah. No. Gotcha. So the the so the Kelly uh Sue DeConnick run maybe? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Named Chewy in the comic, but they changed it to Goose in the, which fits the, the idea of the fire pirate. Did anybody actually catch Kelly Sue in the movie? Because I've seen like four reports of her being in the film, and I've missed the, I missed the cameo completely. I've I've heard she's on the bus. Okay, that uh, makes sense. Or the bus okay. or the train or whatever okay. at the beginning, but I I I don't know her well enough to have spotted her. Yeah. And what about? So. I was too busy. I was too busy look, uh, look, uh, looking at Stan. Well, Stan was wonderful, oh, and I just oh, love how she just well. smiled at him. It was awesome. That was a great. Point. Well, I, yeah. you know, no, I mean, as he was reading the script to like, Mallrats, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Perfect. The time. I do. I do wonder if the scene, like, if it was, I do wonder if it was uh, edited after he was after he passed to to sort of account for her like acknowledging him in a way because it seemed like she sort of acknowledged him like looked at him like oh like he's still with us uh, uh, rather than like i just thought that seemed maybe it was shot later there's um, actually that's actually an excellent theory her hair changes from shot to shot oh really yes, uh, when she's walking notice. down the hall which is walking down the aisle way her hair is mildly in her face as if to say she's windblown because you know She's just leaped onto a moving train. <laughs> when she looks at Stan, her hair is not in her face. Gotcha. And then it turns back and the hair is back in. There were a couple of, of uh, uh, I'm not going to call them flubs. I'm going to call them anomalies uh, throughout the film, uh, which took me out in various places. But uh, having that one in there, the only reason why I remember it is because, Mike, you just said that you wondered if that was a reshoot. And so it would not surprise me if that was the case. Yeah, and well, and speaking of Stan, we haven't mentioned it yet, but that the uh, opening oh, uh, tribute. That opening. Him, that was uh, nice. I was like, "Am mm. I going to be able to watch the movie?" Because right now I can't see a thing. Because I'm. How <laughs> much applause did y'all get in your theaters on that? Oh, I almost expected people uh, to stand. That's how much they applauded. Yeah, yeah, I, we were. It was pumped because yeah, we saw it opening a night, and it was it was pretty crowded in there, and and but yet I did hear you know someone as soon as it was over going, "What was that all about?" Like they just, oh, I'm like, geez. really. That's the person that you, yeah. that that's the person who writes disgusting things on the internet. Um, yep. That's the person that that's the person that leaves when the crawls. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's that guy. <laughs> that, that's that one guy. We don't, there were we only had three people. We only had three people leave as the crawl started from our theater this time. Wow, yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That we we had a They're large learning. selection. After ten years, <laughs> they learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so real quick, um, Mike, another character. For I you? love the scrolls. I thought they were done amazing. Yeah. And what a different version of Skrulls we yes. get. At least yeah. maybe you guys can tell me different, but I was like, yeah. I always thought they were like bad, really, really bad. They've been bad really. guys since Fantastic Four issue two, my friend. That was their first gotcha. appearance. And they've gotten more powerful over the years. Anything from the Super Scroll all the way to the Kree Scroll War, which I mentioned earlier, because the Scrolls had an empire also, you know, that rivaled with the Kree. And that's why they went to war. And that was the whole basis for it. And I thought that's what they were going to be doing in this. And I was pleasantly surprised. But they actually took the Scrolls from later, 
when their homeworld was destroyed by Galactus, actually. That's right. And basically, you know, they became a, a race of wanderers trying to find a homeworld. And instead of becoming these all-powerful conquerors, and, you know, they still had, you know, they had, you know, secret invasion and, you know, items like that where the scrolls were taking over, trying to take over the earth, you know, as a possible homeworld. And so they still were always bad guys. They were never, ever produced as, you know, as representative as good guys. And I think this was a great turn. I, yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm like, I, I thought that at the time I wrestled with it, but I look back at it later and I thought, you know what? The only thing they could have done with the scrolls, if they hadn't done that, would have been turned completely villain and be like what we thought they were doing, which was infiltrating the world. And that just gets you right back to the Hydra story we've already exactly. seen. Exactly. And I am so glad they didn't yeah. go down that path. And, exactly. you know, it's like, eh. and speaking of Hydra, how about that Radio Shack, the Hydra, you know? <laughs> so oh yeah because i think is it on is it in shield where they yeah. say that somewhere they say that uh, like a radio shacks are all like hydra exactly <laughs> the fronts for hydra it was awesome to see yes. that but yeah um i love the scrolls i thought the effects they did for the changing was awesome and i just and i was glad for that twist and come on folks anyone who's watched agents of shield knew the Kree were going to be the bad guys come on they're awful in shield. I mean, they're like, I mean, they're the, they're a nasty race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like, right in the beginning, I'm like, are you going to tell me I'm supposed to like these guys? Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, maybe a decade ago or two decades ago, maybe they were cool, cool people. Yeah, exactly. And you couldn't, you know, you saw Ronin, you know, you had him in this one. He was the bad guy in guardians of the galaxy. The first one. Yeah. He's actually better in this than I think he is in Guardians. I mean, I like Guardians a lot, but he's a, I thought he was probably the weakest part mm-hmm. of that movie. Yeah. I, I had to that. show today one of my coworkers, uh, you know, it's like you had the guy from the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy in Ms. Marvel. I mean, in Captain Marvel. Oops, Freudian slip there. Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> they basically, you know, and then he was like, who? He, he said, you know, the guy who said, you, you know who I am, don't you? Who? Star-Lord. Come on. You might know me as Star-Lord. <laughs> who? Yeah, but that was another uh, little Easter egg there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van, have we missed anybody? Any other performances or characters that stood out? Oh, heavens, yes. This is like the main thing I wanted to mention. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I was waiting patiently, very much. Um, yeah, Marvel for crying out loud. I mean, uh, <laughs> they they sort of they sort of tried to ruin it, and I think it was inadvertent because it's it's one of those things where it all starts. You know, Jude Law was supposed to be Marvel. And that's what Marvel was telling us. Oh yeah, he's playing Captain Marvel, and you'll all be happy. And then along came that pop that said Jan Rog, and we're like, Jan Rog, what? You know? And I think that they probably thought they could put that name on the pop, and nobody would care or realize or understand that there are people out there that knew who that character was, and that he's a bad guy. So that really spoiled things for me a great deal because suddenly I realized that that. Jude Law is not playing my second favorite character. He's playing a villain. And I'm like, well, now I kind of know half the movie, right? Because now I know he's a bad guy. So that was disappointing to me. And it wasn't the movie's fault. It was peripheral to the movie messing up something that was in the movie, you know, kind of basically a spoiler. And then, so then I'm left to wonder, all right, well, if, if, if Jude Law is Jan Rog and is going to be, he's going to take a heel turn at some point in the movie, which he does, 
then who's then then I'm like, well, is Marvel even in the movie? And so like halfway through the movie, I had reconciled myself. Okay, she basically, you know, Carol basically is Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel in one, and I guess I'm okay with that. I'm disappointed, but I guess I'm okay with that. And then you start to figure out that Annette Benning is not just a supreme intelligence. She's literally when they started calling her Dr. Lawson, I'm like, well, that was the name that Marvell used in the early stories. That's really weird. I'm like, they're just taking names now and just plugging them in wherever. And then you're like, oh my gosh, Annette Benning is Marvell. <laughs> and I about fell on the floor. I'm just like, I was shocked. And I sat there. I don't even know what was happening in the movie at this point. Cause I'm just sitting there completely shut down going, all right, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about this? They just took your second all time favorite superhero character and made him Annette Benning. How do you feel about this? And I thought, you know, the only thing I could object to is superficiality. And in, like I said earlier, in terms of the spirit of it and of what it's supposed to be and what she's doing and all that, it was perfectly fine. And it, and they even, you know, had the, basically the equivalent of the psyche magnetron explosion, giving Carol the powers. It was very similar to, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the comics. And I said, you know, all right. I said, it would be wrong of me to let something so superficial cloud my perceptions of this character, this performance, this story. And so I just made up my mind. Yeah, that's fine. It's really good. And so it was touch and go there for a second. Cause they, <laughs> I mean, they really went out on a limb with that, you know, honestly, <laughs> in terms of the purity of the yeah, comics. Absolutely. Especially with all the, you know, the, the stuff that's out there about, yeah. you know, changing genders of characters and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that that it's a, it's a bold move. So when you take Annette Benning and Brie Larson and the little girl that played Monica, that means that all the Captain Marvels in this movie were all female. Wow, how about that's that? Pretty good. That's that's pretty powerful, though. Mm-hmm. And it, it 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 felt like, as far as the movie perspective, watching it, it ma- it felt like it it felt organic. It felt like it made sense. It didn't feel like yes. they were trying to uh, purposefully push an agenda. Right. No. And if, and if Marvell had been male and had been the person that she was seeing in the Supreme intelligence, it wouldn't, I don't think have worked as well for what they were trying to do with her as a female lead overcoming the adversity of this other, I mean, cause you had Jan Rog to be the guy who's a jerk pushing her around. Yep. I, I thought you needed a, a female authority figure to also be kind of pushing her around and it, 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 it kind of spread things out a little better. And it wasn't just her against the guys, you know, she had a female antagonist as well as a male antagonist. I thought that was good. And, you know, for all the, the, the stuff that's out there about like, you know, women heroes, I mean, how often does a woman get to play like the, the wizard Obi-Wan, uh, you yeah. know, sage character. That's too. right. So that's, so that's, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm conv- and you and me both are convincing me that it was a very good move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we could help, Fan. I know. (laughs) Okay, so we're getting down to uh, the last little bit, and uh, um, I know for everything else about this movie, the thing that 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 told me more than anything that this movie was effective, this movie did everything that it needed to do, and more was the very end at the uh, at the first credit scene that we got. Uh, cause we see, uh, we get to see our, uh, you know, Steve and, oh. uh, Black Widow and everybody. And like, it's, it's the events of, of, uh, of, uh, Infinity War have happened. 
you know, the, they're, they've got the signal, they're trying to figure it out. And, 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 you know, I thought they were just going to let it count down and mm-hmm. well, that was it going to be it. Right. We, we just, it was, it seemed like it was enough to know that they had it and they were waiting for something, right. That they, yes. they knew that the signal meant something. So, uh, but when she appeared, <laughs> when she appeared in that moment, I got chills. I, I fell on the floor. I got chills. And I thought, that doesn't happen if this movie doesn't work. Yes. Huh. Like that doesn't happen. Like I'll just be like, Oh, okay. That's cool. Like, okay. She's there now. But, but I legit like she's in like, she's meeting up. And when she says, where's fury, I was like, Oh, I'm, I can't as if I needed any more incentive to see Endgame. I'm like, please, <laughs> can I, can I watch it now? Exactly. Come on a month and a half from now. Let's go. Let's go. But there's a, there's a lot of other things in this movie that, uh, as you guys have, have sort of hinted at before, there's a lot of other things about this movie that might give us clues or at least uh, have an impact on, if not uh, as well as Endgame, the, the rest of the, the future of the MCU. So I'd kind of like to hear a little bit of what you've got uh, theorizing-wise, because we all don't know. This is not spoilers for Endgame, for sure. Uh, but uh, just to you know, because I mean, we've got a we've got a, a very powerful character. She's uh, e- even by herself. I mean, we saw her take out a starship by herself. Yeah, um, awesome. like, like and 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 she's powered by one of the Infinity Stones, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's not a coincidence. So do we? What do we, what do we think about uh, the role of Captain Marvel in Endgame? We'll start with you, Ashley. Well, I feel like this movie kind of blows up some of my theories about Endgame because originally I was pretty sure that um, all the people that had quote-unquote died were trapped inside the Soul Stone and that um, somehow the Avengers, the original Avengers, are going to find a way to get everybody back out. I thought maybe we'll have Captain America sacrificing himself. I thought that um, Captain Marvel might play a small role, maybe show up at the very end. But the fact that she was in that um, mid-credit sequence, and I'm guessing that sequence is going to be towards the beginning of the film. I have no idea what she's going to do, what role she's going to play, how the plan will change. But I am super excited because I feel like a lot of the theories and guesses I had are kind of up for grabs now. So I'm just super excited to see what she's going to bring to the team and, um, as I said before, I think Thanos should start being a little worried here. <laughs> Alex, does this does this add to your anticipation um, of Endgame? As you'll recall, I was not a big fan of Infinity War. I felt like it was very intense, right, and I, know. I think it did everything it wanted to do, and in the end result was I hated the film. Um, I'm not exactly... I'm not to a point where I'm looking forward to Endgame. I think it's going to be a very interesting film. Uh, And honestly, as much as I hate to say it, I would make Endgame a a two-hour film, and it's just the reaction of everything leading up to the big final and make it a third film. Um, But that's just milking the the money pot at that point. Um, (laughs) I'm surprised Disney hasn't thought of that already. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> straight to video. Just, no, straight just, to video. No, just kidding. Uh, with Hank Azaria instead of Robin Williams. Um, the uh, thank you. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad uh, you got that reference. Thank I, you. I know I'm going to see Endgame on its opening weekend. Um, right now, it still feels like homework. 
I am interested to see how okay. uh, Captain Marvel works in the span of the entire thing, mostly because one of the things that I've noticed with all of these films lately is, uh, with actually with the exception of uh, Spider-Man, is that our heroes keep getting stronger and stronger as we go along. And we've started to lose some of that human aspect of them. And here comes Captain Marvel, who can destroy a starship single-handedly, who can destroy starships, plural, single-handedly. Um, she yeah. openly terrorized Cree uh, executioners. Um, this is not someone that you take lightly. And the fact is, is that if Thanos has to become unretired, I guess, uh, to, to fight, he goes straight up punch her in the face. And, um, I'm not sure how a whole lot of people are going to accept that. Um, she's going to be able to give it right back, of course, but it's, it's one of those weird things where I'm just. I want to be more excited for Endgame than I am. And and yeah. Captain, uh, well, Captain Marvel does help because it's an interesting character. But my problem is, is that we didn't know how interested we were all going to be in Black Panther until after Black Panther came out. And Infinity War gave us some Black Panther. And then made him disappear. You like him, you know. Uh, so I just, mm, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm I'm like eighty two percent on board for. Did 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 this give you? Did this add two percent? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so I, no, not, I like Bree, I like we'll what was it. done. Uh, I look forward to her eventual reunion with Nick Fury because obviously we know it's going to happen. There's going to be a Spider-Man sequel. We already know That's it's right. going to happen. Don't count it um, out. So I, you know, we'll we'll see. Awesome, awesome, uh, Mike. What about you? I think you know, basically, you know, she'll get punched by Thanos. She'll like just smile. And then he'll just like fall to pieces right there. That's, I just, I just think, you know, he'll, he'll just like, and the stones will all pop out. Are you saying Thanos is going to develop a new obsession? You think? <laughs> well, it's funny because in the comics, it was originally Adam Warlock who was going after Thanos. Yeah. And you don't have an Adam Warlock yet in the MCU, but you, don't even, don't even, don't even push my I'm button. Not, like. I'm not. I promise. I'm not. I promise. I'm not pushing that one, sir. They really, man. Really, man. It's a testament to everything that Disney is doing that you love these movies. Exactly. Movies. It is true. It is true. It is. And oh, I think you know some. I think she's going to be a force to be reckoned with, and it's going to be interesting to see how quickly it takes for the Avengers to trust her. Like. She just popped up, you know. So it'll be a story. If I'm Steve, I'm like, where the, where the hell were you like six months ago? <laughs> <laughs> Why did it take you so twenty four years? You were gone. You like, look great. Uh, yeah, you know, well, um, you look great. Exactly. Uh, okay, Van, uh, take us out. Like, what? Uh, what do you? I know you've got theories. I can't wait to see the which characters get to have witty interaction with her. 
and which ones they figured out have the best chemistry. Cause you know, the Russo brothers will figure that out. Oh yeah. I thought that was one of the masterful things about infinity war was figuring out which characters to group together in little groups and have them play off each other. That, that was brilliant. And I just want to say to Alex that if, if in school, my homework had been to watch infinity war, I never would have wanted to graduate, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, that's just me though. But, uh, yeah, I my theory on on Endgame, and I'm just totally pulling this out of nowhere, other than just you know a lifetime of reading comic stories like this. I think that they're going to end up uh, forming little groups and going off on separate missions to try to fix everything. Maybe traveling through time, maybe going to other dimensions, maybe going into the quantum realm. And I'm curious to see who teams up with whom. Like I said, I mean, I think you're going to have Carol and one or two other characters, and that'll be fun. You know, and you'll have Cap, you have Thor. I think you're basically going to have the core Avengers. They were very, they were very um, specific in who they left alive, right? You have yep, basically yeah. the core Avengers plus Rocket plus Carol. So that's and a recipe for some Ant-Man. and Ant Man, right? Yo, and that, see, that's a recipe for some good times right there. You got <laughs> Rocket and you got Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> who are who are just wacky as crap. You've got Carol, who's no nonsense at all. You got Cap, who's no nonsense. Thor's getting whimsical in his old age, you know. And then who knows what Black Widow? So it's just going to be a, and Hulk. So I, I think we've got a really, you know, once they get Tony back, I think you've got a really a good chance for for some funny, funny, enjoyable antics on the way to trying to save half the universe. I think uh, I think uh, I think uh, the most important thing we're overlooking though is what Ashley hinted at. I think I think Goose is going to be the one that saves yeah. us all. <laughs> well, as a flirting, you know? Goose could still be around. Exactly, you know? and Goose, Goose will just eat the gauntlet right off his hand. There's you know? something exactly. There's yeah, something about the, the Captain Marvel movie that completely shoots down a lot of theories, though. That as we were coming into this, because with with Captain Marvel, it's like, oh, we're getting the scrolls. Oh, the heroes that we lost were scrolls because clearly they were doing a secret invasion and we get the secret invasion story next. No, no, that's pretty much shot now as a theory. And I'm happy about that. Cause like you said, you know, we, we just went through this with, with the whole, uh, uh, Hydra thing. So, um, but yeah, it is one of those things where I guess it, you know, by doing what they did, it, Honestly, it saves them from the Snoke theory issue, um, which is to say, how dare you do something different than what my theory was? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. another thing for another time. Well, I'm just saying. That could be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we'll get out of here real quick. Uh, just rate it. I guess we'll do one through five, which is what we usually do here on Earth Station One. Starting with you, Ashley. How good was Captain Marvel? I'm going to give it a very solid four stars. Um, I'm actually planning to see it again this week, and that number could go up kind of once I've seen it, and now I kind of know what to expect. And so I can kind of just sit down and enjoy the story as it is. Um, there are a few things, again, I mentioned before that I would tweak. I thought maybe the film lagged a little bit just in the middle, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it again. I'll be really happy to add it to my uh, DVD collection and can't wait to see what the character is going to do in the MCU. Awesome. Awesome. Van, what about you? Um, I've said elsewhere, I'm in a different scale, but I can, I can do the math that the conversion that um, before <laughs> the mid credit scene with the Avengers, it was a 4.5 after she popped up in the middle of Avengers headquarters. It's a solid five. 
This is everything I, I could have wanted. And hey, on top of everything else, just from a goofy fanboy perspective, we finally got a cosmic blaster character. We've had everything else, but not a fly around zappy zappy character. And I'm so excited because that's my favorite kind of superhero. And we finally got one. Yes, yes, that was that was awesome. Yeah, when she takes out the ship, it was just phenomenal. Yes, absolutely, so cool. First of all, fly around uh, zappy zappy character is that a technical term? Okay, cool. I just want to make sure. It is. So I, I got to use that next time. <laughs> um, so, uh, Black Panther, I saw once in theaters. Bought a copy. Haven't watched it since. Uh, Avengers, saw it once. Done. Um, this one, I will absolutely go back to the theaters to see. I think it's worth it. I'm actually openly sitting there thinking, is this one one that I want to see in IMAX maybe? Uh, which is, again, something you'll never hear me say otherwise. Uh, this is a fun movie from beginning to end. I'm with Ashley. I'm giving it a solid four. Okay. All right. Mike? I had to think about this. And the more I thought about it, the more it grew on me. I'm going to actually go ahead and give this a solid four and a half. Like I said, I wanted to see it right after seeing it the first time. And that feeling hasn't gone away. I'll probably end up going to see it next weekend, you know, at least once. So, yeah, definitely a four and a half. Now bring on the other Captain Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to him in a few weeks. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm not, uh, yeah, not going to disagree highly with you guys. Uh, uh, I'm going to stick to my uh, four, a solid four for me as well. Um, Just a really great, great time and a lot of, like, really great stuff. There's a few nitpicks I probably have with it and maybe a little bit um, of a, of a lag, but I don't um, here and there, but not nothing substantial, nothing to certainly get uh, that would cause it uh, to, to get off my radar as far as being another, another great Marvel movie. And, and I'm, like I said, it not only stands on its own, but it got me super pumped for what's to come. So um, I, if and beyond Endgame, you know, if Captain Marvel is is the leader of the MCU, I am I am fine with that. I am more than okay with that. That's if she's the face of the MCU from here on out, that's that's gonna be awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks everybody for joining us uh, for this review, and uh, we'll be right back with the ESO Network Con. Welcome to a Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about the Captain Marvel movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, go ahead and skip ahead. So Marvel's newest movie is out, and it has been crazy anticipated, and holy cow, it was well worth the hype and the wait. Captain Marvel follows our title character as she tries to remember her past. Being a Kree warrior, her superiors tell her that her past is only holding her back from her battle with the Skrull. She then learns a lot more after falling to Earth after fighting the Skrulls, and her memories start to come back slowly. She learns she had a life on Earth and is actually human, not Kree and has been lied to for the last six years, and that the Kree are actually the enemy trying to wipe out the Skrull. She meets Fury, and the two go on an adventure to undercover what happened in those six years, 
and end up helping Captain Marvel remember her past while saving the scrolls who have survived undetected by the Kree for the last six years. It's a mouthful. We also see where the Tesseract came from, how Fury lost his eye. We see an early Ronin and Korath before Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and a young Agent Coulson, amongst lots of other neat tidbits that fans who have been watching the Marvel movies for years will all enjoy. We also get to see how Fury got the pager that he uses to call Captain Marvel at the end of Infinity Wars. Also, those two ending credit bits, which if you're listening to this and you watch the movie and you didn't stay for both credit parts, you need to go back and watch this movie. We finally see how Captain Marvel meets the Avengers and how like she's trying to find Fury because she's been called, so holy cow, it's awesome. And then we get to see the perfect sweet hero of the movie, Goose, doing what cats do best, puking up stuff, and he pukes up the Tesseract on Fury's desks. What would have made this scene even more perfect is if he then walked over to Fury's name tag and pushed it off the desk and then sat there on it. This movie is fantastic, and it teaches us that girls are just as tough as boys. I heard a funny comparison this week saying that Captain America gets up and fights when he's knocked down because it's the right thing to do. Captain Marvel gets up and fights when she's knocked down because, well, screw you. And it kind of fits her perfect. She doesn't have to prove anything to anyone, and I love her for that. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. For the week of March 13th, 2019, it's the ESO Network Con Report. Well, we're still kind of coming down from our great experience at South Carolina Comic Con, where uh, you just heard us uh, in the beginning of the show uh, talk all about that. But um, we, the only show that's on our radar right now uh, for March is March 22nd through the 25th. It is Matrotham Con. It is in East Ridge, Tennessee. That's really, 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 really close to Chattanooga. It's the first time that this uh, show has been put on. Uh, so, but they've got some great guests lined up, uh, including uh, myself, as well as um, artist Peter Cutler. Uh, we will be there uh, with uh, all things Tiki Zombie. And uh, also our good friends over at Radio Cult, uh, Ricky, Bambi, and JJ. Uh, they will be performing as, uh, as Radio Cult proper. Uh, and I think they'll actually be doing a couple of acoustic shows. I'm not sure about the details on that, but they'll be there all three days as well. Uh, there's going to be a lot of other cool guests. I mean, we've already had the, um, a couple of the people promoting it uh, talk to us a few weeks ago. And uh, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a great show, a start of a, of a show that looks like it might be around for a while. And it's in a great area. So uh, anytime you can go close to Chattanooga is, is, is cool with me, man. So uh, yeah, so look for us at Metrotham Con, uh, March 22nd through the 25th. So we're going to have uh, some dates for ESO Network appearances for the month of April, May, throughout the summer. We're getting those coming in, so we'll have those report on the next uh, episode or issue of the Con Report. But until then, please keep sending us uh, your uh, 
ones that you want us to help promote or participate in. Uh, or if you, like I said, you want to come on and rant about a great show that you were at, like we did at the top of the show, please reach out to us because we love talking about conventions. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. wanted to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Van, thank you so much for joining us with this topic tonight. I knew you would probably be somewhat interested in it. <laughs> somewhat. I appreciate you thinking of me. I, it's always good to uh, to know that uh, you, you know your opinion is valued. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love it very much. And it's always great to be on the show. That is awesome. Yeah. Anything you want to shout out about real quick? Um, my brand new novel is Caroline Heart Cold as Ice, and it's a it's a strong female character lead going around kicking butt, very much in the style of Sif from Thor or Wonder Woman, or kind of Captain Marvel. So if you want to check that out, folks, it's called Caroline with a K. Not, not to be confused with Coraline, which we did last week. You know, <laughs> ah. so there we go. Awesome, man! It's great having you back on the show. And of course, Alex Autry. Thank you, my friend. Oh, always a pleasure. Glad to, glad that I was able to be a part of this. Um, just always a good time, and uh, you've you've got a, a great collection of folks uh, to get to talk movies with. And Mike. Hey. <laughs> hey at least he says howdy. <laughs> Assuming that's the Mike he was talking about. He's well, probably, you know, we, he's probably never going to tell us. We'll we'll talk, you know, and, and lose sleep. Try and figure out if we're the one. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you're going to shout out about, sir? Yeah, read Ashley Paul's uh, review of Captain Marvel on the ESO uh, 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 network. Thank you, oh, thank you, thanks. Ashley. That leads right into your saying goodbye to you for this week. Oh, well, thank you. It's always so much fun to chat movies with you guys. A lot of times I end up flying solo at the theater so i always look forward to i know that um monday nights i can chat with my eso friends about the movie so it just makes uh, geek movies a lot more fun with you guys anything you want to shout out about um yeah i just want to give a quick shout out um my local uh con uh planet comic con in kansas city is coming up in a few weeks here so if there are any um of our Midwest listeners, it's a great kind of mid-sized con. Lots of great cosplay. Um, some they always get a nice amount of guests. So if you're anywhere near the area, I highly recommend it. And I'm looking forward to uh, starting off with my first con of the year, and hopefully uh, the first of several more to come. That is awesome. You did, you know, you had Dragon Con last year. Let's see I how, know, it's, how this le- leaves up to it. You know, I know. I'm really sad. It's like there's a. A Dragon Con shaped hole in my heart this year. It's like I'm going to be sad watching all, but I'll be looking um, for everybody's pictures coming out of Dragon Con this year. It's it was it's a great con. So wow, I'd hate to see that eighty thousand people hole in your heart. You know, yeah, so it's a big hole. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing quite like Dragon Con. That is so true. And speaking of Dragon Con, Mr. Mike, as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you're going to shout out about, sir? Well, it's funny you mention that because I am actually speaking of Dragon Con. I will not be missing it, unlike Ashley this year, because I did get my guest letter of agreement. It's signed, sealed, delivered. I will be a guest once again at Dragon Con this year. I am very excited. I never take it for granted. It's my, it really is my favorite, favorite time of year. And I'm, I'm just so honored to be part of it. And, uh, 
Yeah. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mahalo mucho to uh, all the folks at Dragon Con for putting up my nonsense. Yay. He didn't wait till May to send in his application. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. All right. Uh, my shout out real quick goes out to the return of one of my favorite shows, which I was really worried about the return of course of American gods. I didn't even think we were going to see a season two with all the trouble that show went through. And last night we got the premiere of American gods and man, they came back roaring. I am so looking forward to seeing where this one goes and it should be a ton of fun. So check it out. It is on stars and you know, you could get a free, you know, I think one month subscription of it, you know, depending on your cable provider. I know they offer it for some places. So please check it out. Uh, American God season one was phenomenal. Uh, season two, I hope lives up to it. So there's a lot of new characters. Some of the characters have been replaced. So it's just going to be very interesting to see what they do with our friend Shadow Moon. So let's go with us. Okay, folks. We might even have to do a podcast on it. We might actually, I think. You know, I think we did one on season one. So we did. Yes, we did. Late, later this summer, we might come back with uh, season two, unless we're all, you know, still in shock from what happens with Game of Thrones. So that's coming too. <laughs> and Endgame. If Endgame and Game of Thrones doesn't destroy us. <laughs> Good point. That is so darn true. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But speaking of, uh, what we talked about earlier, we were of course at South Carolina comic con and we had such a blast and everything. And we're going to share a little bit with it with you next week. We are going to be uh, sharing with you guys our panel. We did with Kevin Eastman, one of the creators of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, Mike and I moderated a panel with him and he was amazing. And we can't speak highly enough about it. And we thought we'd be great to share it with you guys. So, you know, we'll spend an hour talking to Kevin Eastman. So I think that's pretty awesome. Definitely, you know, we will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everyone who stopped by our tables. And Yay. we will see you next time. Peace. And we're done. Boom. All right. Yay. Awesome. Yay. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store. 
which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.